You're listening to the Life of a Messy Bun podcast. I'm really excited today because we have a special guest. Stop. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Chris. I'm flustered now. Like that was so that was the best intro I've ever had. Um, I am your special friend and special yes. guest. My name is Christopher Marks. I am the founder of Vive Mental Health. And your dear friend, probably one of your favorite friends, I'm sure. And <laughs> yes. uh, I'm really excited to be here. Um, this was rather unexpected. You guys have an amazing podcast and you talk about all sorts of things. Garbage. And, no, it's good, though. I love it. It's the best garbage. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's trash. And you asked, you asked me to come hang out with you. I feel like I listen to your podcast and I feel like a fly on the wall. Because you have yeah. these hilarious conversations about like everything, right? And yeah. I, and then uh, my dream came true, and you're like, "Come be on the <laughs> podcast." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, <laughs> so I'm here. no, it's good. Yeah, no. So we're. Um, oh yeah, I guess I'm Angie. Sorry, <laughs> getting ahead yeah, of no. myself. <laughs> um, we're excited to have Chris on because we talked about having a male perspective on just life being so crazy and. And everything, and Chris does a podcast on mental health, and he's a male, and <laughs> it's nice to have his perspective on it, because we t- we hear a lot about, like, postpartum and all that kind of thing, and, like, um, mental health, like, as a mom and things like that is, it's a, like, it's all real, obviously, um, and not being a parent and stuff, but it would be nice to kind of hear your take on stuff and um kind of let us know what you're up to these days with it and like it's really cool what you're doing so thank you we wanted to have you on and and just really kind of dive deep with that and just have fun like you know we we don't get to see people that much so it's just nice to to like see his face like we're looking at his face and you guys can't but <laughs> it's a great <laughs> face like maybe not today as much i'm like i'm <laughs> I'm at like a six today. It's a Sunday when we're recording this. So, oh my god, that's my well, six face. I got home super late last night, so I was like so tired, and then we were sledding all day today. And oh, like, fun! Yeah, it was good. We're ready for some fucking wine. What are we drinking? What's yeah? What are you? No, what are you, what are you drinking? drinking? What am I drinking? Okay, yeah. I have the uh, esteemed El Dorado twelve year rum. Ooh. It is one of my my favorite sipping rums. I was gonna go beer tonight, but um, I've been eating a lot of carbs lately. Yeah, weird. Weird, and uh, so I decided just to just. <laughs> Yana's just killing herself laughing. Um, so I'm trying to keep my my Christmas figure, and uh, I'm just gonna sip <laughs> sip on some rum tonight. That's perfect. Um, if any, obviously n- none of you know what are what we're laughing about, but Yana gave us a shit ton of bread. <laughs> um, bread like, is life. When I say shit ton, it's like a shit ton. Not like two loaves. Not no. even like five loaves. Like a garbage bag of bread. It was double digits. How many breads came to my house? She slays all day and bakes. <laughs> yes. Right? So she uh, donates bread to us and um, <laughs> Chris Chris got some. And yes, he's thank been you. carving it up. 
I've even got Tim Biebs here too. Like yes. I, I'm on a carb kick today. I'm sweating, <laughs> sweating bread. <laughs> yes, and we're definitely gonna be going over those uh, Bieber balls because I fucking love those in my mouth. And <laughs> that's which one it. is like, your favorite? Oh, the fucking sour cream one. Is that the the birthday one with the like sprinkles yeah. inside? Yeah. No, that's not oh. birthday cake. That was. Fuck, I don't know. They're all fucking delicious. Jesus. I didn't think um, anything was as sweet as that man's voice until I had his balls in my mouth. Right? And I was like, this is sweetness personified. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't buy any of the merch because I thought that was a bit ridiculous. But There's merch? Yeah. Dude, they were selling fucking toques <laughs> for like $40. No. And fanny packs and tote bags. And my friend Catherine went and bought a bunch no, of them. No, she did not. Yes, she did. And oh. she's like, keep your boxes. They're going to be worth money. I'm like, they're not going to be worth anything. It's fucking... No, everybody can get them. It's not like a special <laughs> edition. You know what? Like, one of a kind... I saw somebody post that little bad what you just showed where the, the box go in the box for a thousand dollars on Facebook. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's a joke. I, I think I think so, but he still posted it. <laughs> I mean, like, there's the, maybe there's someone on a remote island, big fan, and he's like, "This is my chance. This is what I've been saving up for." I can't. <laughs> I, like, I, I wanted the real balls in my mouth, but I can't. So yeah. this is the closest too. Uh, give me the box. Yeah. <laughs> box of balls. And they're fucking nutty and yummy. And they're pretty oh, good. Yummy. They're pretty good. Oh, I can't even. I can't. <laughs> um, they are really good. And it's, I, you know what, though? I think what it is is like we're just so used to Tim Hortons, the ones they have now. And like, I don't eat Timbits all the time. Like, I find them dry and like, I just don't care too much for them. Yeah. But. I think it's just because it's something new too. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" and it's just a beaver, of course. But totally. But it's nice to have different flavors. So what what are you drinking? Oh yeah, that. Yeah, what let's. Are you uh, on? We gotta stay um, on task here. Sorry, but, yeah, I've started, but um, it's the bread and butter. Oh yeah. Very nice. And, yeah. So actually, I do enjoy that. That's the because I remember you had it when we started our podcast. You had it first. And now I get to try it. So, it's yes. very good. Bread and butter, 2019. Nice. I'm drinking a special bottle today. This is like my very favorite vineyard in BC, Blasted Church. I've heard um, of that. I've heard of that. So yeah. good. What and kind it of is wine? Like, this one is um, Cav Marlowe. And they, I, they're, they have one called Big Bang Theory, and it is fucking delicious that's my favorite this one uh, one of my um, friends gave me this when she went but I just love it because it is like my vibe for sure blasted church so cool. I'm gonna, it's just a crack sorry Anna. you know, you know how I feel about those <laughs> yeah you're gonna be a little disappointed I know it's okay it's okay <laughs> but can, I will yeah. drink the whole bottle all right y- Yana and I can make the cork sound <laughs> And try to yeah. drown, drown you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Try to drown you out as you uh, break the thread on your wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break that thread. <laughs> oh, what a disappointment. <laughs> oh, is that better? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's not oh. good. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Oh fuck, it smells good. Yeah? Holy shit, that's strong. I think I could smell it actually. It's like <laughs> like I instantly when I when I poured it, I instantly smelled cherry. Well have a sip. Let us know. Yeah. It's good? It's really good. Oh. We should um you know what we should do? We should start drinking scotch. Okay. Um, and uh feature some scotches on the thing i love scotch i do too what's your what's your scotch go-to what's your brand um well i'm not very like just lie to me it's fine no i'm not like i don't want to make one up (laughs) no um there was one that i had i probably um that my boss was telling me about and i did end up buying it and i had to drive to the uh, wine and beyond in windermere to get it it was like oh, wow. a special edition or oh, something wow. and i i don't fucking remember the name of it but it was very good um i think i might have kept the bottle just to you know like you know when you were young did you keep bot- it was, wait is i the only person that kept bottles around because they uh, were cool i'm totally guilty of that yeah oh, Co- really? no. coca-cola bottles though okay that's fair i had and- a whole collection like I had a collection of R and R bottles with the R and R sticker. Remember those? Yes, that R and R sticker ended up on many wallets that I owned. Yes, for, yeah, for sure. I don't know what's going on. You don't trust me. You don't want to fucking try R and R. No, you're good. You're living you're a better life. <laughs> Is that bad or what? <laughs> oh, it's bad. Oh, okay. Remember? Okay, like Russian Prince. That's what it's comparable to. Ew, okay. I'm it is the Russian prince of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, sure. it is. Ew, it's, okay. It's like I was going to a punk show. What can I afford? R&R. And it comes with a fucking sticker. Hell yeah. I'm getting this. But yeah, I used to have like bottles of that and like Smirnoff ice. Like, oh, I was so cool. When was the last time you got iced? Do you remember? Okay, what the fuck is this? Tell me all about this. Isn't that chugging it? I'm strapping in. There's a thing. <laughs> okay, so it's when, um, yeah, somebody hides a bottle of Smirnoff ice and you find it and they're present to witness you having to chug it in that moment. Okay. So let's say you hide a bottle of Smirnoff ice in, in, on the front seat of someone's car. So they, like, open their car door. There's a bottle there. And they have to kneel on one knee and, like, chug it um, and then feel shame or something. Like, I'm not sure what the yep. outcome is supposed to be, but that's just what we've done for many years. <laughs> Heartburn. I mean, it gets that's you fucked outcome. up because it, oh, you, yeah. like, yeah, because you, like, chug it. The best use that I've ever found for Smirnoff Ice um, is to make what's called a rocket. And my drummer's uh, parents introduced me to this. And it's half and half beer and half Smirnoff ice, and it's fantastic. Oh. Yeah, and that's like how we got. Like what kind of beer? Just any, like any-, any kind of beer, like a lager, like something okay. light or whatever, and just half and half, and away you go. It's really good. Yanni, you're gonna have to try that. I, you know me. Yeah, I that might be that. that might be it. Yana's like, um, I'll try anything twice. Sure. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. And she's a beer girl. Yeah, and I don't know the last time I had Smirnoff Ice. Like, probably like 15 years ago. Maybe more. Yeah. And do you remember Vex? Oh, yes. Because it was a six-pack instead of a four-pack. Like, (laughs) Like, I feel like... Heartburn in a blue bottle. Right? But I feel like I was... It was all about budgeting. (laughs) 
<laughs> we were so smart with money back then. <laughs> right. Look at the value. Yeah. Oh, God. I got paid every Friday. Yeah. Every Friday? Uh, oh, fuck. Every Friday I got paid from the uh, arena, like, Rexall when yep. I worked there. Yeah. So every Friday, obviously, I went out and, like, got fucking hammered. And, but you have to, like, your paychecks have to last you all week for that Friday. Like, and then when Friday comes, you, I think, what did I pay? My cell phone bill, maybe? And, like, my bus pass or whatever. But like, Maybe. You're just, you're just living. You're living your best life. Could you imagine saving your paychecks or any money just to drink and buy a bus pass? Like, what the fuck? I would... And no car, nothing. This is your life. You know no. what? Maybe I could do it. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to try. Like, Well, it would hurt um, probably a lot of aspects of our life. I mean, it's, yeah, I was there too. Um, yeah. I worked I worked at Save on Foods when I got paid every Friday. I was a bag boy. Oh. Do you remember that job? That job doesn't exist anymore. Well, not really. They like Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah, very few. Yeah, no, my, uh, my skill set was very narrow. But man, I knew not to put produce with meat like nobody's yeah. business. Yes. <laughs> yes. And did you wrap the meat in an extra bag so in case the juices? You know, if they had like secreted? a friendly, yeah, if they had like a friendly glint in their eye, then uh, yeah. yeah. You, you know, get like, an I'll extra bag. For, <laughs> I'll do this for you. Yeah, I like you. Yeah, that's really <laughs> nice of you because that above and beyond attitude is like when I will go to the manager and be like, you know what? That guy over there? Fuck yeah. The coolest perk that I ever got from that job, I was 16, and um, so, like, in Edmonton, the radio station called The Bear um, does, like, a Halloween howler. It's a big concert they do every year. Everybody dresses up. Uh, 18 plus. But I was 16. And this guy yeah. came through my till. I'm walking his groceries out, and he's like, look, I got a double guest pass to the Halloween howler tonight. You know, do you want it? I'm like, sure, man. And then... Uh, it was it was like five o'clock. I think doors were at seven. So I talked to a coworker. He's like, "I'll go with you." He was eighteen. I'm like, "How are we gonna get in?" He's like, "I don't know. Let's just go." So we show up to this like huge yearly Halloween party by the biggest radio station in Edmonton. Uh, we're the only two without costumes because we only had two oh. hours to prepare. Yeah. So like I, so that was the first red flag, and we get up to the. <laughs> We get up to the guy taking the passes, and he kind of looks me up and down, and he's like, uh, are you 18? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, totally. Everyone else is wearing, like, $1,000, like, elaborate costumes to get the prize and stuff. And he, like, looks at me, and he's like, can you show the next guy your ID? I'm like, oh, I will for sure. That guy is going to see my ID. So we go by him. I don't know why he didn't ask for it. But we go to the next guy, and the next guy's like, well, that guy let you through, so I'm going to let you through. Come on in. And now all of a sudden, yeah. I'm, in a, I'm at this giant Halloween howler and watching rock bands for free because I was a bag boy and a damn good one that yeah, day. Yeah, that is, that's fucking awesome because, like, that will never happen. Like, that's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing to happen when you're 16. Yep. So that's a cool memory because Halloween, like, Halloween howler is, like, one of those, like, must-go-to like they're fun it was so fun i've been to one because i just like could never get tickets or whatever yeah but they're so much fun so what was the coolest perk that you ever got from a job like that 
I'm, I'm just trying to think. I think um, um, Eskimo tickets to go see the football game. Oh, that's a good one. For the whole family, so. Wow, nice. Yeah. I mean, big tips for sure, but like sexual favors? Okay. I, I'll strap in now. This, <laughs> this conversation took a left <laughs> turn. But I can't. <laughs> we're we're going to cover everything today. That's what I enjoyed. <laughs> oh, like it's You want like, a tip? No. Do you want me to tell you about it? Well, you open the cans. Um, there's a few, but this is the one story. <laughs> I was working at Rexall and it was like a country concert that night. And so all the cowboys and they're all whatever dressed up. And um I like all types of music, so I don't discriminate. Like, yes, I love Marilyn Manson, but I also really love Air Supply, and I also really like Dixie Chicks. Like, there's just a variety, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, these guys look pretty cute. Yeah, look at those little cowboys. And then um, one was, like, flirting with me, and I was like, oh, you want to hang out after? And he's like, yeah, like, we're staying at this hotel. I'm like, sweet. So, yeah, he's like, and he gave me a really big tip, and then came back and picked me up and we went back to his hotel guess what hotel it was the sand hotel oh on fort road oh i know the one i've seen it on the news a bunch of times yeah and i've seen it on the news (laughs) was i in it i'm just kidding (laughs) i don't i'll have to look at the footage again but maybe And yeah, we were in his hotel room and he had like three friends. I was like, fuck yeah, let's give her. And I just got hammed. That was a good tip. For those of you listening, hammed does not mean like drunk on ham. It means just drunk on alcohol. Yeah, wait. Oh, you know what? Good call because we're fucking old. And Yana was telling me about some fucking words we need to like learn. And I'm like, why? Why can't I can't keep up? I I'm, can't. I'm no. so behind with the vernacular. Yeah. So ham to me means like hammered, right? It's hammered. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but good call because like people probably thought I drank ham juice. You know, you know the one that the new one is bougie, right? Well, oh, when it bougie. when it's written, it looks like bogie, like like a hard G, yeah. like like bogey. So that's how I'm reading it in my head before I ever heard anybody like say it out loud. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever had instances where you're like reading a book and you just pronounce it however the fuck you want in your head. <laughs> yeah. But that's how I so someone said bougie and I'm like, that's new, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, it just replaced bogey. Bogey? <laughs> that's funny. But bougie is not new, is it? Well, no, but he's like saying like. It's new to me. It's oh. new to him because he pronounced it different. Oh, yeah. And I, I prefer bogey, like in a way, like I, but I'm a, maybe that's my man tongue. Yeah. Uh, I like the hard G bogey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it better. It's kind of bougie. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so bougie, Chris. Right? <sighs> I can't keep up with you. <laughs> no, because the one word that I'll I. Slow down. <laughs> Please. Um, the one word that I learned last week um, was a scripper. Do you know what a scripper is? No. What about you, Chris? A scripper. Um, like a scripper. Yeah, a scripper. Um, let me take a What's stab at it. What's your best guess? What's your best guess? Yeah. My best guess of what a scripper is. 
Yes. Um, someone who strips out of scrubs. So like a a, a nasty nurse, you know? <laughs> that's good. Just like, that's a scripper. Or like gets out of their scrubs and writes a prescription. <laughs> yes. A scripter scripper. <laughs> you know, no, those, do you want... <laughs> those pharmacist chat rooms are something else. You know, RXXX. <laughs> Could you? We're bad at this, okay? It's funny, though. Okay, I what swear does it we'll mean? talk about mental health eventually. Yeah, but we will. We, we got to get through this. So, a scripper is a stripper. That has the ability to make her butt clap. Ew. <laughs> why? Why is that a thing? And why do we need to know that word? I just came across it and I was like, what is that? That's then, odd. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to leave me speechless. Um, <laughs> but like some things do that did. <laughs> I don't know what to think or how to process that. Yeah, me neither. I think, I mean, I'm going to try it. But like... <laughs> So it's not, it's not twerking. I'm not a stripper, but yeah, so I'll try clapping my butt. So yeah. there's like an audible clapping sound that happens. I guess it just like. <laughs> so know, these strippers make their own applause, basically. Yeah, what's so their <laughs> So they've created their own environment where they feel accepted and loved. Loved, yeah. When okay, they need well, that extra love, they're like. <laughs> yeah. Self-care yeah, is I important. Yeah, see? Okay, so let's roll Let's roll into the mental health. That's fucked up tangent, but yeah. Yeah, that was a... Yeah, we're <laughs> Se- fucked up. Segue, segue. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, so, as a lot of you know, um, I have been dealing with mental health issues my whole life. Um, some of you don't know that, but, like, from some of our episodes, I kind of mention here and there, whatever, but... Um, so I do think mental health is extremely important and I always have, even before it was cool, you know, (laughs) because like, I'm so happy that people are like much more in tune with themselves and actually talk about what's going on with them. And it's not like keep your feelings to yourself kind of world anymore. Um, I mean, it's getting better obviously, but I love it because like you just I don't know we just never had that growing up and it was just always really strange to talk about stuff like that but now that I'm like going and going to counseling and psychiatrists and I'm on meds and like all these things that I'm trying to figure out like what the best way to handle it all is it makes so much sense for what happened like years ago you know like and in my childhood and how I was feeling and this is why and why I wasn't great in school and like things like that, right? Like it all builds up and like spirals into something and then you're an adult and it's like, okay, now it's time to fucking look at this and like figure it out. So I love what you're doing with your podcast because thank you. Um, it's extremely important and I love that because like I feel like a lot of the mental health podcast that I've um kind of came across it's it's mostly women talking right and so it's really cool that you're doing it like because a lot of guys are really shy and like or don't talk about their feelings or don't do that or or they they don't want to 
um, they don't have a problem or whatever. It's not but, manly. Yeah, right? Like, but it's, it's like real life. Like, this is fucking legit real life. Everybody has struggles. And yeah, so tell us a bit about your podcast and like what you're like up to these days. And yeah. Well, first of all, I'm really proud of you, Angie. Aww, <laughs> like, thanks. I know you. I don't have to know you to be proud of you, but like, because mm-hmm. I know you and I know a bit about, um, some of the things you've been through yeah um it's a they the cliche is that mental health is a journey um it's it's not a it's not cliche it's like it's it's true it takes a long time um yet you go through a lot to get to a point where you begin to help yourself and if you get to the point where you are where you're doing the work and you're going back into your childhood and and things like that to help understand the present you um it's really admirable and every chance that i get to celebrate anybody who is at that point in their mental health journey um deserves a lot of recognition because you uh, like you don't even have to say it but you went through a lot of time and different mentalities before you got to the point where you're like this is probably beneficial if i try meds if i try therapy if i do that for a little bit of context of who I am and kind of where, like how I came to do this, um, I wasn't always like this, um, but I always felt like I was living a bit of a double life. So when I was a kid, um, I was very into arts and music and drama. Uh, my two best friends were girls. So I was very, we, you know, we'd talk about our feelings between the three of us. Uh, I was kind of used to that, but I also grew up in a, in a pretty middle-class blue-collar family. I played hockey. Uh, I love hockey. Um, so I spent a lot of time in, in dressing rooms and, and with, with the boys doing, doing guy stuff. My dad is a, is a man's man. He's somebody that I've always looked up to and, uh, he's tough. He never takes a day off. He's just a work hard, always gave, uh, you know, me and my brother like the best that, that he could. And I, I always admired him for his, for his manliness. Right. Um, but for me, I was a little bit more sensitive. I like to write poetry. I like to write songs and play guitar. And I kind of had to suppress that around, around him. And I'll focus on him a little bit because he was my first idol, I guess. And when you're a kid and you look up to somebody, when you're, when you're, when you're a young boy and you look up to a male figure, uh, they're your world. They're everything to you. And all of my idols were male hockey players, musicians, it was all, that's just how boys were, you know, boys, boys gravitate towards boys. So when I was 15, I, I moved uh, from the city out to Sherwood Park outside of Edmonton. Basically, I, I could have moved to Africa like it was that I left all my friends behind. It was a brand new life. Started high school and uh, I was trying to make friends like I'm pretty outgoing and uh, I was trying to make friends hanging out after school and I was getting into like a bit of hazing. I was being hazed. You're kind of taught at that age to kind of roll with it. Uh, like boy, boys are boys, right? So when you're the new kid, you're getting this attention. They're giving you a chance to like prove yourself. So you kind of endure whatever is coming, right? And it escalated into uh, a pretty a pretty horrific situation for me. It, would, it turned into a, a sexual assault. Um, one that I, I kept very quiet. It, it happened very quickly and I didn't know what to do. It was, it was awful. It was very embarrassing. And you know, we were, we were just kids and it just kind of happened. 
due to due to this bullying, hazing, you know, are you one of us kind of situations after school. And um, so that was like the the trauma that kind of defines like many, many years of my life after that. Uh, now I had this big secret and it wasn't something that I was going to tell my parents. But I changed as a teenager. I went from being a straight A's drama loving kid to uh, just a shit and I I became very siloed and isolated and uh, angry my home life got worse and worse and they never really they never really asked why there was this like sudden change it just kind of happened and they they kind of went you know what we're tired of your attitude and a couple weeks after I graduated they said get out and uh, and I left I left with nothing I had no no idea what to do. I was just the city kid with $500 and that's I left left home and uh, we didn't speak much after that. So my early, uh, like late teen, early 20s were very difficult and uh, they were a lot of fun too for like all the wrong reasons because I was the first one with his own apartment and um, we were talking about, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and just winging it and uh there was a lot of, I have a lot of like, you know, glory memories like that. Um, but in reflection, it's like I, I was very, it was, a, it was very difficult. Yeah, you're struggling. Like that's what struggling is, right? And you, you're so naive at that point. You just kind of just every day is just like, well, I survived again, you know, I keep going. Um, but from this like trauma, I, I had night terrors. Like I, I couldn't sleep through the night. And I would have like horrible dreams and I just kind of like ignored that. I had no idea like what it meant or whatever. And at 20, uh, I ended up um, being houseless. I got evicted from my first apartment, came home, the doors were locked. I had a jacket on and, and my jeans and that was it. I had no way uh, back then. It, like I, I'm 39 now, so this was like the early 2000s. I didn't have a cell phone didn't have money <laughs> so yeah you're fucked i could just call anybody yeah so i just i went for a walk and i stole a pack of cigarettes and smoked them all that night slept in a bank vestibule and i lived like that for a couple months and survived how i could and all of a sudden like i found myself literally homeless and i it was surreal and yep. you know at that age and it was probably my naivete that saved me because I just, I was friendly. Uh, there were people in the in that community, in the homeless community, who saw me totally out of my realm, and uh-huh. they they said, you know, kid, you don't fucking belong here. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm outdoors. Like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna tell you right now to stay away from him and him and her. You know, do not use. Um, here's where you can sleep for a night. Here's where you can maybe get some food. Wow, so nice. That's so nice. I'm very grateful for the people who, like, recognized that I needed help. And when we think of, like, human compassion, it was it was really special to me, now that I can look back on it, uh, just to see that humans, like, in any walk of life, um, however you want to define that in your mind, but they look at you as a human being, and they're like, you, you know, you, let me help you. Uh, they just want to help. So I'm super grateful for that. And, uh, you know, things got really tough once I realized that, like, this is how I was living. 
and I made an attempt on my own life. And that's when, you know, my life kind of took a turn and I said, I can't do this anymore. And I, I was able to reach out to my best friend from high school who, you know, my friends had really no idea like what happened. Yeah. And uh, didn't have a phone, right? But I got a hold of him. He was living at home and his parents were like, well, come stay with us and you can stay in the basement with him. And they kind of took me in. They, they put me up for like the better part of a year. Oh, nice. That's nice. Let me work. You know, I worked at a liquor store. I worked at Subway for a day. <laughs> I worked at Den- <laughs> I worked at Denny's for a day. I, I don't work well with food. Um, Fair I worked enough. At- I worked at Earl's for a day as well. So, and I'll tell you why. Because I love food. And like, yes, I could talk about mental health and talk about traumatic past with a hint of like humor. So when I'm making food for somebody, I'm a like personally, like I'm a big try hard. Yeah. So I try really hard. I try to impress people. I try to do my best, like everything I do. So I'd make this sandwich and like it would be cut well, like the toppings are laid out evenly. Oh, my God. I'd appreciate that. And then I just give it away. And they like, that's my job. Like, and I was like, I can't. (laughs) So I didn't like the feeling and I couldn't make the sandwich like half ass like the rest of the subway people. I wanted them to have a nice sandwich. So like I did that at Earl's. I did that. I couldn't do it. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to work with food. Because you're an artist. I care so much. But but imagine they open it up, they're like, damn. Oh fuck. Like that if looks you good. did if you made my subway sandwich like you're describing, I would have been like tweeting about it. I would have <laughs> been like maybe not back in that day, but like now it is like very hard to do you come notice, by, like Do you notice stuff like that though? Like when you go Oh all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'll admit, like I go to McDonald's, I don't even look at the thing. I just oh, know. McDonald's is the worst because the fucking pickle is on the paper. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> like, put it on the fucking burger, please. Just try. You know, just, that's all. Like, just I don't have, try. I don't want to have to lick the ketchup off the side. But you do. I do. Like, well, I, no, I do. Yeah. But I don't want to have to. But I also have a quick, a quick note. I have, I had a friend that when he ate McDonald's cheeseburgers or hamburgers, he would eat them so savage. It was it was gross and he'd have ketchup all over his face and he would take the last part of the bun and wipe his face with the bun and then eat it it was so fucking weird i've never (laughs) fucking heard of this you know what's funny though is you know this person okay you're friends with this person this is amazing oh you're gonna watch these you're gonna watch all your friends eat cheeseburgers oh my god i'm gonna eat cheeseburgers with all of them I've never that's like I, literally it was a napkin that's twice you've left me speechless Andy. sorry I'm sorry, sorry no it's fine so you anyway continue. fast forward through my 20s mm-hmm. I, I reconcile with my parents um, that was really hard amazing can I though. ask you a question of course have you, yeah have you ever told your parents why you changed that yes. drastically okay. many years later um yeah, so I'm 39 now, so about five, six years ago, I did I did sit them down and say, like, this is what happened to me. Yeah. Um, but it took a long time. Yeah. So it, yeah. Was, it wasn't until that, I, like, I went to therapy 
and I had all these like parental issues. My parents are divorced. That was my first trauma as a kid. That's huge when you're a kid, yeah. You know, and I, as an aside, like I have a lot of empathy just in general and I empathize because I understand that they, you know, they did the best they could. Um, you know, no parent wants to get divorced. They know that it affects their kids. Um, but it did a lot to this one. Um, but I couldn't, you know, I had, I harbored a lot of anger about that and it all permeated into like, you know, my relationship with my dad and my stepmom and cause he yeah. remarried. But uh, as I got older, as I went through therapy, it taught me how to forgive them. Um, and just how to be more empathetic and still empathetic to myself too, to understand like, yeah, it, it fucking sucked from my point of view, but like, this wasn't malicious. They didn't mean to like hurt me. Um, so I can, I can let go of some of that, you know, animosity towards them. But we, uh, we did make up. I called him one day, uh, right before Christmas called my dad. He was living in Grand Prairie and I said, Hey, um, I need to get out of my situation here can I come stay with you um kind of get back on my feet Uh, can I move up there basically and he's like no and he hung up and so Christmas came and went and he called me back after New Year's and he's like are you serious and we had a really good conversation I said yeah like I'm ready to just get out of this um physical area and kind of isolate myself reconnect with family get get on my feet maybe get a career and he's like, cool, I'm really proud of you. Um, we'll, we'll put you up for three months and then until uh, you're on your feet and we'll help you out. So that was like a huge turning point in my life. That's generous, yeah. Yeah, it was. So he played hockey with a guy um, who owned a machine shop and uh, got me a job just as a laborer, like the lowest um, rung on the ladder. Um, but this guy like recognized right away. He's like, oh, you're pretty smart. You know, like I'll put you on a lathe, uh, teach you how to machine a little bit. Okay. Yep. You know, so he took a chance on me and I was good at it. And, uh, he's like, well, I'll, I'll apprentice you. I'll put you through school. Nice. Yeah. So I did four years of apprenticeship, uh, to become a journeyman machinist. And that was my career for the next 15 years. Um, which was cool. So blue collar, Alberta boy, still playing hockey. got my machinist trade. Um, but underneath it all, I was still having these like night terrors. Um, I would go through like severe depressive episodes where like I lost jobs over it. I couldn't get out of bed for two or three days and I had to lie to my boss and be like, Oh, I'm sick. I wasn't sick. I just hadn't slept in three or eight and two. Um, and I couldn't move. And like, so I didn't know what that meant. Um, you know, the few people that knew me were like, don't be so fucking lazy, you know? It's not like, lazy. Just fucking go to work. And I'm like, yeah. you don't understand. Like, I can't eat. And I haven't eaten in like two and a half days. And you know how, uns- like, like, I like, I understand why people think that's being lazy. But like, they don't know. Because you can't go and be a machinist if you're like that like you're literally shaking you are like extremely malnourished for the last couple days how can you go and perform a like a job like that a laborious job and it be safe it's not it's not safe so you're doing the right thing by calling in and yeah of course you have to lie because could you imagine telling someone why I need a mental health day this is the problem with this world you can't do that. And it's like, dude, I actually need a mental health day. 
in that industry course, it, right. it was unheard of um the attitude was like check your baggage at the door i need yeah. you here um and for those of you who like don't know what machining is it is yeah, a, explain it. it is um a trade of it, it it's it's a trade of perfection so my job is to carve out a piece of steel uh in one shot um with no mistakes that's perfect within you know a half a thousandth of an inch uh, a lot of this by hand so like just on a lathe or a mill drilling holes that are like perfect it was my my the bare minimum of my job was to be perfect every day it was incredibly stressful but it was an artistic job too because i would take this like hunk of steel and i would carve it down into something perfect i yeah. i took a lot of pride in that like that goes no, back to the sandwich making it fits though right yeah machining was really good to me especially in alberta like we were booming i did really well um but yeah i had to i had to fucking lie all the time about like why i wouldn't go out for beers after work or why i was missing work or why i sat in my car and like came back with red eyes it wasn't because i had smoked a joint it was like i cried right uh, from stress and anxiety and shit like that. So well, I did that for a long time and I kind of, um, you know, did the best I could. There, there was a couple relationships I was in that like definitely ended because I couldn't you know, tell them everything. And uh, when things started affecting like personal relationships, it just, you know, I just looked like a broken man with like mm-hmm. for no reason. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to like talk about it. It was still... There was a lot of stigma and whatever. Um, but at the beginning of COVID, I got laid off from machining from my machinist job. And at that point, I was kind of looking at new career opportunities. Um, it was taking its toll on my mental health, my body. Um, it's a hard job. And uh, I'm a people person. I I, I, play, I played in a band for like nine years. I love music and stuff like that. I love... And he's amazing, by the way. Stop. Everybody. Thank no, you. No, seriously, you're very good. Well, thank you. So I, COVID, it was really unique, like what happened, like uh, there was a lot of shit that went along with the pandemic, but I think a lot of people woke up uh, personally and just kind of started prioritizing what was important to them, what they liked, what they didn't. They reevaluated their life in a lot of ways. So I did that and I was like, I'm really passionate about mental health. And I just started going to therapy uh, a couple of years prior and I was on Twitter talking about it as a male in a in the machinist industry i was open about my mental health struggles uh twitter's really unique that way yeah um because there's it's just a really unique community if you use twitter you know what i mean if you don't um anyone in the world can see what you say so you get a real sense and people are very honest on there um there's a lot of shit don't get me wrong but you get to build kind of like around yourself a community of people who relate to you yeah and so my account started blowing up and, and people were like, hey, I really appreciate the way that you talk about mental health. You know, they would confide in me. They would um, ask, uh, you know, for resources and things like that. And I just loved helping people. I would spend my whole evening replying to messages and emails. And How amazing is that, though? Like, it's fulfilling. Like, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, like my day was really there was a purpose and I, and this is what I meant to do. Like, I feel, I feel like it fits you. And like, even I, I've told a lot of people this, like that, that know you. And I said, you know, like, I think this is it for you. Like, this is your path and this is what you need to do. 
100%. Well, thank you. I, I really believe in it. And I, what I believe in most, it's not about me. It's not about like my story because everybody's mm-hmm. story is different. But what brings us together are the, like, we share the same feelings and emotions. So when I experienced trauma, I felt so fucking isolated. And so I was filled with guilt. I was filled with shame. And those, like, big, powerful emotions are very universal. Like, we've all felt them. It doesn't matter what the catalyst was. But I thought if we can just talk about the feeling of it... And especially as a guy, yeah. it, uh, it opened up, I think, a few doors for men who were like, I don't know the words to talk about what I'm feeling. Yeah. But here's Chris just kind of throwing it out there. And that's me. And they would just, they would, you know, say to me privately, like, you're saying the things that I didn't know how to articulate and uh, drive to do it. I, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to start. A mental health business. I had no idea what that looked like. I'm a career yep. machinist and musician. I've never owned a business. I used to teach guitar. And that's that's what you'll be doing for my kids. Yes. I'm just waiting for them to get to the age you're ready for them. I'm going to make them into little rock stars. I can't fucking wait. I do Trust love teaching me. music. It's so, it's so fun. And John and I both have been... Oh, we both want to play. It's okay. <laughs> we both want to um, learn guitar. So it'd be cool to do like a family jam sesh one day. Yes. Yes, go on. Sorry. I'm just like interrupting because I'm so excited. <laughs> Chris is a silver fox, just <laughs> so everybody knows. I have all my hair, but it's uh, it's turning pretty white now. But it looks good. Like I actually well, you. You pull it off. Every, like I, we love it. We love it. It's you. I like it. So I, I'm proud of my, my silver just fox hair. Just do you. So many years of stressful machining though i swear to god yana your husband yana's husband's a machinist yeah but he still has his color <laughs> that's good his day for will, now his, his day will come <laughs> don't say that <laughs> genetics hopefully it could be genes too yeah 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 but uh yeah so anyway i started vive i started the podcast and uh everyone has a podcast i understand that but uh what i do with mine and i like i do i do speak to men but i i have a lot of women on the show too absolutely i try to keep a a very conscious balance of of who i give that platform to and we kind of come at mental health like in every different way like what i love about this episode and like what you do uh yana and angie is that you keep it light you keep it fun like i fucking laugh every time i listen to your shows no it's it's good (laughs) so the fact that we can go from like where we started at the beginning of this episode to like we'll we'll have this talk we're gonna have a few laughs like it doesn't all have to be heavy and dark and weird and uncomfortable mental health is like it's a whole spectrum and uh so i i truly appreciate even being able to to talk about this stuff in this environment because we do have a drink in our hand we're having fun we care but we care about like each other's yes care about each other's mental health and i feel like this is like a break for us all three of us right now are taking a break right Uh, yes yeah well like i was saying like before we got on air like i worked all day yeah um so being self-employed is a whole different beast by the way it's like the one-to-one ratio of input to output is like that's what drives you so it's not the, nine to five yeah but it, it's a labor of love and like i i love it and i was looking forward to this all day so that we could just kind of chill and 
talk about mental health but yeah us too so that's where i'm at now now i built a business i do facilitations uh for businesses to help them implement mental health into the workplace um because a lot of businesses have been doing it for for a while which is amazing but a lot of small and medium-sized businesses they don't have an hr department they don't have the benefits budget to like make sure you have counseling available and all this stuff so my role is to kind of get creative with how you know people can be supported so it's just now i i got certified as a psychological health and safety advisor through the canadian mental health association to teach oh this stuff oh my gosh awesome thank you yeah. whoa awesome. cheers yes. cheers we'll, we'll drink to that sure yes. So I haven't just been podcasting for the last year. I've been doing a lot of training. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. Psychological first aid. Uh, I just went on a harm reduction uh, outing on um, Monday, where nice. uh, yeah, it's a, with a with a group called Boots on Ground. I want to give them like a serious shout out because yeah. it's a very grassroots organization, and what they do is they pack uh, snacks, candles, socks, all those supplies, and harm reduction supplies uh take them to the streets we stop people ask them if they're okay how they're doing um they take a look at where the encampments are if they've been taken down where they're moving to so they scout and they really look out for people and on my particular walk we did have to intervene uh with someone who was overdosing so we carry uh naloxone and we had to call 911 and they they turned out to be okay we were able to intervene and and make sure they got treatment because these are these are human beings we're flesh and blood every one of us doesn't matter what walk of life you come from yeah and uh it it's important to me because i live that for you know albeit like a very short period of time but it was it was it's important that we have compassion for everyone there are a lot of mental health issues uh, a lot of people with mental health uh mental illness that end up on our streets and they end up uh you know addicted and um and worse and there's <laughs> i'm living proof like we can we can come from that and 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 really contribute to society and we have to look at each other that way and uh so anyway that that's a whole other topic no but it's it's true though but like, it's important <laughs> yeah no it's complete is that something yana and i could get involved in with you like i could i could definitely get you in touch with because yeah, yeah because like my cousin right now like this is close to my heart just like you talking about it because my cousin is homeless and he is like shelter to shelter or whatever and The stories I hear from my grandmother and stuff like that, it just breaks my heart because growing up, we were extremely close and he was so smart and so driven and like so hardworking and life gets you down and you can't help it. And he is too proud. Like my, my aunt is very loving and caring and that's her son and she's willing to be there and help and take care of him and and have that hand out for him being like I can help you he won't take it because he just wants to try himself and that just breaks my heart because you just want to hug him and be like it's okay to not be okay like it's okay like it's I, okay to ask for help and, right? and to like, accept it but I get yeah. it yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, that was my that was my dad's biggest argument 
okay, I guess yeah. when, when I when I told him that you know I, I lived homeless for a while he's like well you didn't have to and I'm like you don't understand like I I I knew that but I was too proud and it was because yep. the way we were raised it's the way that you know we gotta pull bootstraps that old fucking adage of pulling yeah. yourself up by the bootstraps what happens when you don't have boots anymore yeah. what do you pull on and like yeah. there's there's just so much nuance that's lost in, in a lot of yeah. these ways of thinking so yeah. I get it and uh, I mean it's it's amazing that you show him that support and that you're there he knows you're there I guarantee it well I love him dearly like absolutely when he's ready you know hopefully that time comes where he's like you know what I just need a little lift and it'll be okay if I ask for it. You know, we hope that, you know, people come around, but there's so many different ways of thinking and uh, the, the stereotypes surrounding homelessness uh, just period are, yeah. are so harmful and so toxic because yeah. everyone has a story. All three of us sitting here have a story. We've all experienced yeah. like emotions and you know what, frankly, what people don't like to admit is that we're not that far away from homelessness. Uh, like a couple paychecks? A couple a paychecks, paycheck? one or tragedy. Um, it's it's from addiction, too. Um, people don't realize that it is a slippery slope. And, and, just, and just saying that is so important because, like, for me, it would be a couple paychecks, and then you're digging into your freaking retirement, and then you're digging into this, and then you're digging into that, and then you're done. Like, I can't even, like, right now, John is injured and not working for two months. So, the stress level for me is, like, through the fucking roof. Like, I have never been so stressed out, and I'm seeing my psychiatrist. I'm on, like, antipsychotics now, and, like, for my OCD and stuff, because everything is heightened, right? Like, the minute you're stressed... When you have mental health issues, it's like skyrockets. But you, like, with with you and I, I feel like because now you recognize what's actually happening in your body and in your brain and everything, like, you have to take a step back, let it settle a little bit and be like, okay, this is what I have to do because it's going to get to here if I can't manage it now. Mm-hmm. And I... I'm like completely open with this for me. Like I have no problem telling people I'm on antidepressants, antipsychotics, like everything because I have to be, I literally have to be or else I will not function. Like my, like you just, you just can't. And like with my husband, like John, he, he doesn't struggle with that sort of thing, but he definitely knows what I'm going through. He sees it every day, you know, and he's so supportive. And, um, I know that if like he went through something like that, I'd be there, but you have to have a support system. So I have my friends, I have you guys to be like, I'm having a bad day. Like, I'm, it's, it's a bad day today or whatever. Like even with, with Yana, like if Yana's having a bad day, she'll lean on her friends and be like, it's just really stressful. And I really love, I love how close you guys are. And like, yeah, you're, you're, 
your friendship is super special and like i know i know both of you personally but like it it's something that i genuinely admire that you have that you have that ride or die no context needed i know that you guys talk about anything and everything whatever like you you don't have to sugarcoat it it's just like it's just real you know like you really care to find that nowadays don't you think i feel like finding a friend is so hard nowadays well, people always talk about like how hard it is to find friends in adulthood. Yeah. Um, because because it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to know who to trust. It's hard to know if they think of you the way that you think of them. Yeah. And it's it all comes down to like communication. Like I love yeah. telling my friends, like my my guy friends, my best friend. I tell him I love him all the time. Did we always do that? No. No. <laughs> no. But we got to a point, you know, I think we got drunk enough that we just embraced <laughs> and we're like, I fucking love you. Like, I genuinely. Yeah. But it was, you know, the, you do that, like, with air quotes, right? But it was it was real. And, like, we're allowed, as a guy, like, we're allowed to have those, like, real I love you, man feelings. Like, yeah. we joke about it. That's our wall to kind of protect, like, the side of it. But I love I love my friends genuinely, and like now I'm at the point where I can I can tell them. But was it always like that? No. So if you're if you're in a position where you're like I don't know who my support group is really, you're unsure or you feel really alone, you can start on that path, and it's a journey, and it's a fun one. It's really rewarding yeah. to f- bring people into your life. You do have to take chances sometimes, and you have to. You have to trust and you have to put yourself out there a little bit, a little bit at a time, not all at once, because that's scary. Yeah. But you, you can be you. And there are people who will look at you and go, you're fucking rad. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are listening to this. There's somebody yeah. who will look at you and go, I really like you. Yeah. And you just got to find them. And then yep. you have to build trust. And like, it's a process, but it's a beautiful thing when you find friendship like that. Oh, it is. It totally is. Like, I feel like my personality is very caring and compassionate and I really like to please people. So, um, I have an abundance of friends. Like I do have a lot of friends, but I care so much about them personally. Like I, I am so invested in everyone's lives. Like I want everyone to be okay. And For a long time, it was like that, and then you leave yourself out, right? So um, you have to balance all of it. And all the friends that I have are like, of course, take care of yourself. You know, like the the friends that are not real are the ones that are like constantly taking up all your time and being selfish and like not asking how you're doing. Because sometimes it's simple. It's as simple as like, how was your week or how was your day? tell me about the interview you had or like, you know what I mean? Like the simplest questions can be like, wow, this person's thinking of me today. And like, you are speaking my language. I, I have a hell of a time with self care. And right, right before we started recording tonight, I'm doing a presentation in the morning. Yes. You told me yes about, uh, and, and part of the topic, I'm doing a presentation for a business to talk about mental health. Part of it is about self care. Yeah. And, Every time I get to these slides, I feel so guilty about myself because, like, I don't... I'm very hard on myself. 
It all goes back to childhood. That's a whole therapy conversation we could get into another time. But my inner child is like, you do not deserve to take a day off. You don't deserve to eat out because you got to save your money. You don't deserve this and that. And that's what my voice tells me. And it's it takes a lot of effort to undo that. But um, I tell you, like when when I get a text from my best friend on his way to work and he's like, hey, man, love you. Thinking of you. Oh, so nice. And it doesn't happen all the time. But like every once in a while, he'll just do that. And it hits me so deep that like the I mean, imagine how good it feels when someone just thinks of you. Like, how good it feels when you get that unannounced text. Yeah. Be like, hey, I miss you. Thinking of you. Yeah. How how fucking important that is. And how simple it is. And, and I, Angie, like you and I are cut from the same cloth. I love doing that for yeah. others. I will yeah. go through my contacts list when I'm bored. And just be like, I haven't said hi to this person in a while. I want to make their day. What I like to kind of try to teach people and myself is that uh, self-care is important, but you also need to identify the people who are who look out for you, who see you, who think of you, yeah, and nurture those before anybody else because they're giving, they're filling your cup back up. Yeah, it's yeah, it can't all be you. Like that's just so much to do. Like the way I, I feel like for me, it's very important to listen. Right. So, um, the way I kind of um deal with like that sort of thing is I actually use I I know it sounds probably stupid because I'm very busy so my calendar is full already but and I do I do have like times in my calendar where I'm like this is for me like I do try that but I also put some things in my calendar that are important for my friends so like for example one of my friends has a court case for custody or something let's say in my calendar ask her how it went you know because you can't remember dates and like i i can't i'm like i feel i want to say i'm I'm not wet brain because that's like an alcoholic thing but like um baby brain still like i don't fucking know like do you still have that yana like fog yeah so i have to put everything in my calendar but i put in there like text blah 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 ask her how it went and it's so important because they'll be like oh my god she's the only one who thought of me or and you're listening like and it is important because that is a huge 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 life thing that can happen and it's like wow but and and i don't care if i i mean i like it'd be nice to get it back and of course i do from lots of my friends but like it's not about that for me it's like it's how I'm acting towards them. Like it's how I'm treating them and like, and it's how I'm treating myself. My friends are amazing. I never had a second thought of, Oh, this person isn't treating me well ever. None of my close friends have ever made me feel that way. You're getting back what you put into it too. And it, it says a lot about you and you you can kind of think of this, uh, about anybody. If you want to think about people in your life, um, if a man can be judged by the friends he keeps, then I must be the luckiest man alive. That's so awesome. <laughs> but it's something that that I uh, that I I read when I was a kid when I was like a huge Bon Jovi fan, and I'm like, that's super cool. I want friends like that, and I'm very blessed as well to have uh, to have some really good friends. But we all have those moments of like solitude where 
you're experiencing something and maybe like no one knows it's not their fault maybe they just they're just not aware yeah for sure but you yeah. just wish for that phone call or wish for that text yeah. so i i love that you do that Ange. like i i'm a calendar guy as well i mm-hmm. put similar things in mind because i want to remember my my end game is to just do that for someone makes me happy i know it'll make them happy but i have to remind myself for sure i love when i get to give someone something and it doesn't even matter if it's a hug or an actual item like it doesn't matter to me it's just like it's just so fulfilling (laughs) to me and i just love it and i just and so when they like this this year they told me no no gifts for the kids i'm like I almost had a panic attack. I was like, <laughs> like I can't. I but I have everything already. And she's like, we're going to go sledding and do like a kid's day. I'm like, okay, perfect. That's fine. It's an experience. It's the same as a gift. It's fine. Yeah. Right? And like, and I'm good with that. It has, I have to have something because you can't just say, you cannot buy my kids anything and we're not doing anything. And then she brought this bougie ass hot chocolate. Boogie. Hot boogie. I'm, we're gonna. We're starting a new word, guys. No, it's bougie. It's no, bougie. It's bougie. Okay. Yeah, the hot chocolate. She had like sprinkles. She had color changing hot chocolate. Like what? What? Yeah, you have no idea. I like, don't. What is this color changing hot chocolate? I'll get you some. Does it goes brown to dark brown? Like no, what happens? No, white, white, no. like purple, orange. blue, or orange. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's what I mean. Like she brought something still. <laughs> I and I mean I, I just, love this. Okay. Well, yeah, like I, but I also like think like as a kid. Did you not love the like cool experiences like that? Like I, and you know what though? Like I think. Okay, so like this goes this goes back to mental health too because and we were talking about this today, Anna, was um I'm at my like wits end yelling. But like I as a parent, I'm like I You're need done. to like <laughs> toddlers are so they're so hard. Oh my god. So and I and I and, and I know people are probably listening to this and being like, kids are hard, teenagers are hard, every stage is hard adulthood is hard everything is hard but like I'm trying to deal with it right now in the moment as toddlers and like it's extremely hard for me and I do raise my voice but I'm also on like so many medications and I'm trying to balance it all out and like I'm trying to raise my kids to be respectful and like it's so important to teach them to respect people like I feel like that is so important. Like, do you guys feel like, like, I don't know where my mental health journey took me was that I have to respect myself. And if I am to respect you, there has to be a mutual understanding of that. Yeah. So I will fully admit, as you know, I have no yep. children. I fucking love kids though. You absolutely uh, do. Yeah. Like, like I, like I've taught kids for many years. That's how I love to like be around kids. I teach them music. I'm the cool guitar guy, but yeah. I I love kids. And and if I if I may, like like kids like me too, because I'm just I I have that boyish like I'm a big kid at heart too. Your your uncle Chris, you know that right? Uh, I love that. I'm you gonna, didn't know that? My voice is gonna crack now because you get me all kerflamped. But 
That is so important. And I would never put that in the atmosphere of being like, oh, that person can be an uncle. Like, no. You have to be like, you have to be close to our heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, so hold on. So if a child just wants to bang on the guitar and like actually not like practice, like what do you think the parents will be like, yo, man, what are we paying you for? Well, uh, that's a very good question. So I, I'm a very honest guitar teacher. So I have in the past talked to parents and been like, you know, I don't think this is for your child or whatever. Um, if they're not interested in it, but to your point, if their idea of music is an outlet, if they just want to bang on a guitar, if they want just that release, um, that's, that's really important for kids. And that is what, in my opinion, that's money well spent. Now they may not end up being Jimi Hendrix, but what they're doing is they're getting an hour away from their daily child life, school and parents and homework and cleaning their room and whatever. If they get a chance to have an expression and an outlet and they're gaining like enjoyment out of that. Then, then I'll have that conversation with the parents and I'll say, listen, they're, they're not practicing, but they, I feel like they're benefiting from this time. And it's, it's totally up to the parent to say like, yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from. And lots of them are like, no, like maybe piano is the right instrument for them, not guitar. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like try them on piano. Maybe that will like do more for them. But sometimes just having that outlet, at least for me as a kid, Sometimes I would just crank my amp up to like 11, like it was an outlet. So, but again, there's like nuance to these conversations. You have to be cognizant of like how the parent views the lesson, how the parent views the child. Yeah, but you're, you see that though, right? Like, I feel like you would really catch, like you're a people person, like you said. So you're gonna, when you're talking to someone, you're looking deep into their soul and being like... (laughs) No, but really, right? Like, you're like... Sometimes you got to do it secretly, though, because people, like, yes. feel too seen. Right? But you're good at it, though. Like, you're you're listening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, par- like, but some parents, like, even me, I'm guilty of this. Like, they don't know necessarily what the kid wants. Like, yeah, they could say, like, I want to do this. But maybe you have to, like, like, let's say the kid wants to go on piano. Maybe you have to put them in guitar and just see like how it is, you know, or soccer versus whatever. Like it just, you just never know. The first question should be, why do you want to play piano? Very okay. first question. And let, let them articulate what their vision of it is. Well, and even yeah. if it, even if it's ridiculous, even if they're like, I want to be Adele slash Elton John and famous. And you're like, well, that, that is okay. You're five. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you know, but dreams. You, you, you get an a yes. You get a sense of like where their mind is at, so you get a sense of their motive and people's why. And I preach this in like my mental. I hate the word preach, but I talk about this in my mental health facilitations. Understanding a person's why, whether they're five or they're ninety-five, is the most powerful thing that you can do in with with a human connection. Is to ask yes. them why. How did you come across? How did you come to think this way? Why are you doing this? Um, what are you getting out of it? What's your end game? Um, those are the most important questions that we can ask each other, and that will give you all the answers. There is no um, 
ambiguous kind of like I don't know what this person's thinking even if you yeah. ask a child like why do you want to play piano well it looks cool so what's their motive well they want to feel accepted they want to look cool maybe they want to do something to to enhance their their self-worth they want to feel important well she's just very creative she really likes to like like she's just an artistic person yeah and and she just like got it and she, immediately and she's so good you know what I mean? Like, it, it was no-brainer for her. She just hopped on and she just... And, I mean, I wish I had it. Like, I used to play piano and I hate, hated every second of it. I hated it so much. But now I wish I would have stuck to it. But you know what, though? Like, and I, I mean, you can, I can still start. learn now. I know. And I, yeah. I learned with her. Like, I can That's play cool. the song she plays, but I don't have a teacher. But, you know, I, I sit with her and we practice and i know all the notes because i study with her but yeah you know that's that's so awesome like actually like i feel like when kids have their parents involved like that too like it's in their actual interests not just schoolwork not just homework like math and science i know right my parents just said go practice and i'm like well yeah but that's but that's how we were raised though and i'm sure chris too right like like our parents they were involved in their own ways, but like, like these are your interests. Like these are like, it's so cool. Like I could see John, like once our kids start guitar, hundred percent, they're going to start guitar. Cause every single morning I get in the car, we start the car, we are blasting the bear, whatever. And the kids say, when I go into drive rock and roll drive that is that awesome. is our cue to drive every single morning every single morning we listened and like john listens to sonic and we that's what the kids listen to They're like that's just that's just it so and we headbang in the car i mean not the driver <laughs> but the kids headbang <laughs> and and that's just it like that's and and they love it and we have several guitars here john has so many guitars he does not know how to play and the kids love just banging on them and playing yes. them. And I'm like, and it would be so nice to actually like put the kids in there and have John learn with them. Right? That's a really cool idea. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it. you have to be prepared for both outcomes. Sometimes it's just right? about the romantic idea of being a rock star and you're just, yeah, right? you're doing the moves yeah. and like the windmill, right? <laughs> And <laughs> some sometimes that's all. Don't all, ruin my dreams, all it is for the Hanson brothers. Don't ruin my dreams for the Weber twins. Okay, so I come full circle on the Hanson brothers because, like, when I was growing up, like all the girls that I liked liked them way more. <laughs> yeah, they were way more talented. They sang way better songs. No, oh my but god, they, they're Boom it's so catchy. No, I love it. I love Hanson, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. If you ask my sister and listen to our episode with my sister on it, it's all about Hanson. And she is an extreme fan and is on their street team. Sweet. To this day. She's wow. She's in her 30s. And they're amazing. Like, you I, know, like. I think I just got a Christmas card from her, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't have Zach Hansen on it. I I'm a little disappointed. I'm gonna have to write back now and ask Katie, why why that happened. What the fuck? 
<laughs> because even even her daughter Madeline will be like, "That's Daddy." That's amazing. <laughs> she sees a picture of Zach Hansen, really? but she knows obviously Corey's the dad. But right. like, and that's Daddy. But like, she says, "That's Mummy." <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's daddy. I'm sorry, Katie. Katie's the one that writes all of our like wording for our podcast. So I always send her the raw version, and she writes up our little blurb because she's yeah. a super good writer. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love her. And she like she can, I can send her it, and she and she's like, "Do you want me to change anything?" I'm like, "No, no." Like you literally <laughs> are like so perfect with this. Yeah. I love it, and she's. Yeah. She, she went to writing camps. Like, my grandpa was so proud wow. of her. And, like, oh, shout out to Katie because she Hi, Katie. Amazing. And she's pregnant right now. She has a toddler. Corey's out of town a lot. And she listens to our podcast and helps us. And, like, it's just so nice. Like, I just love her so much. You're just so full of love. I, I just, I love you. Oh my god, we love you too. Like we were so excited to have you. I was like, I need to I need to book a date because if we don't have a damn date, because I'm a calendar girl and so were you, obviously, and now <laughs> I know that, so that's so perfect. I am a calendar girl. Not afraid to say it either. Hell yeah. So okay. Yana, you have to be. I can't, man. I it would stress me out because then I would have to check my calendar every day. I'm gonna send you a screenshot of my calendar no, right I've now. I've seen it. I've seen it and I'm like I'm just going to send I it, can't. though. No, your calendar gives me anxiety. It's too much. <laughs> like, too much. I can't help it. The only thing I have in my calendar is my daughter's piano classes. Okay. That's it. Like, everything but, like, else, if your I'm kids just... are in soccer, you have that in, right? They're not right now, no. No, but if they were, like, they yeah, would have. Like, yeah, yeah. But stuff like that's, that. That's calendar stuff, right? Like, But then, right? that, that's it. <laughs> Like, I don't have anything else on my calendar. Chris, your calendar must be extreme right now. It's gross. Is it? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But it, it keeps me motivated and it keeps me on track because I'm like a butterfly. Like, I, or yep. squirrel, squirrel butterfly. Squirrel oh. hunter. Yeah. No, I just, I want to do everything. Yeah. Um, but I'm committed to, like, you know, I have a career to uphold and I just built. I'm building a business and uh, I have work to do all the time. If I didn't have my calendar, I wouldn't remember anything. I need structure like that. I mean, like, we're all different, right? But I need yeah. reminders. Like, my phone yeah. um, was going off all day today reminding me when this podcast was. And, like, Aww. to give me a little buffer to get ready yeah. for it. And, like, yeah. you know, have a shower so I didn't look like... Because, oh I mean, God. I work from home. So, like... Okay, everybody, we love you. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Life of a Messy Bun podcast, and um, Twitter. Like, I try really hard to stay up on Twitter. Like, Twitter, I love Twitter. Yeah. Um, but it's hard um, sometimes, so I don't always. Sometimes I retweet, but it's I, I, I look at it every day because I do actually pay attention to what people are posting and things like that. And our Facebook page, like, we have people from all over the world. And, like, I'm watching our Patreon. And even our Anchor website, like, shows us exactly who listens. And, like, we have Australia, Dubai. We have South That's Africa. Awesome. Like, 
so many places and I hope you can relate to us as moms, as people, as women, as, as like just human and like, it's just awesome. So I'm sorry we drank too much, but that's just (laughs) the way it goes on Sunday. And I appreciate you, Ange. And if I, if I could slide in one plug for, yes, absolutely. You can find me at VIV mental health. And it was, I just want to say, like, I love you both personally and professionally. I really appreciate um, you having me on and I love what you're doing. I'm going to post about this for weeks. We have fun. I love it. It's fun. It's, it's really important to, to like really have a serious discussion, but actually with just friends being friends, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and also, um, Chris doesn't give himself enough credit like please follow him and i we will be posting his um twitter and everything on our um links on our instagram and everything but also listen to his voice hello like his voice <laughs> needs to be on the calm app i told him did i you, know did you apply yet look you need to get into no. that Chris, did, did you just hear that? I am going to apply for you because the Calm app I listen to every day. I meditate every single day. You know, we should have done that. It's actually very important. You should have sent me something that I could read on air See? during your podcast. Because like, I would have read whatever you wanted. Yes. Next. Listen Next. to it. It makes, it's very soothing. We love his voice. Like, as soon as you were talking, like, when you were like, introducing yourself talking and i just sat there and i'm like you're so kind (laughs) do you see her face i know you guys can't see her face but like we're like uh i'm just like just continue just just don't 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 stop you're very be quiet angie (laughs) but uh, i fucking love it we we know you though right so it's it's different but for he, you have a very soothing voice so i feel like you can be on the calm app so hashtag you need to be calm we are coming for you. I would honestly listen to your sleep story all the time. Like LeBron James, he has a sleep story. Dude, no. I can't. Like, I, I listen to it and I'm like, I can't fall asleep. I'm very confused at why, why his <laughs> voice is on here right now. I could put you to sleep talking about LeBron James. Yes, that, please. That's my life goal. Yeah, meditation is very important. LeBron James plays basketball very well. oh god anyways we love you guys thank you so much for listening and shout out to britney in dubai because i know you're listening and hopefully you're passing this along to your teacher friends there and we love you miss you be safe and hopefully i get to see you when you come home to visit um i love you we've had lots of crazy memories okay See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.